Whoops. My mess wasn't that bag, but kind of big. Oh, I definitely <laughs> just got it off the laptop. Awesome. Uh-oh. What's up, you guys? <clears throat> Welcome back to another episode of the Seltz Time Podcast. It's your boy, Ricky, a.k.a. Dick Chuck, a.k.a. the man behind the can at Seltz Time Official. Here's always my conversation accomplished. The man with the hunch about what's there, Travis. What is happening, Carbonation Nation? Welcome back to the Seltzer Time Podcast. That's right, I'm switching it up. We're changing it up. We're keeping it fresh. We're keeping it fizzling here at the Seltzer Time Podcast. And as always, we are glad you're with us. Uh, This week, we have no guests. You're stuck with the two boys. You're welcome, people. Yeah, seriously. We have some projects going on outside of the Seltzer Time Podcast that we wanted to talk to you about. But before we get there, you know what we have to do. Hey, Ricky. Nice bandana. Hey, thanks, man. Um, yeah, so I have been on a very big bandana kick recently. Um, I don't really know why. It just kind of started as a joke, and I've been wearing a bandana for like five, four or five straight days now. Well, didn't your girlfriend get you a bandana for your anniversary? She, yeah, yeah. So she got me this um, thing from Hank's Kerchiefs, which we talked about on the podcast a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and I was using it for a mask, and then I put it on my head again, like kind of as, as just like messing around. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of dope. I think I'm just going to like, you know, live this life for a little bit. So I have been, I got, went to my parents yesterday to like help with some outdoor like yard work stuff. And uh, I got there my dad's like, what are you doing? And my dad used to like rock a bandana working outside. He used to have like longer hair. So it's kind of funny. I was, I was like, I'm just, this is my thing for right now. And he was like, okay, that's whatever you want to do. So this is me now. This is me that's now. Yeah, been rocking bandanas, uh, listening to a lot of boy bands. That's about you're it. You're about to try out for Survivor, and that's what I like about it. It's kind of how I feel, too. I, like, working outside yesterday, getting my hands dirty, doing some real, like, you know, guy shit. Um, it, it felt right. And then today I was at Worcesterwares packaging orders, also looking like this. And it's just, I feel like I'm doing more with a bandana on. Like, I feel like I'm, like, like, yeah, like, I'm going to work. Like, It's inspiring yeah. motivation. Hell it's yeah, amazing. man. That's so, the least we can expect out of our clothing options. So I'm glad that it, that's empowering you. Yeah, it, it's not a thing I'm going to be able to pull off, like, all the time. And then I know it looks like I'll be able to get a haircut in a couple weeks based on what was announced today. Uh, so once I get a haircut, it'll look pretty ridiculous to be wearing a bandana still. So I'll probably retire it then. But until then, you know, we've got bandana boys for the next couple of weeks. Why not? That's what Whatever. this part of our life is for. It's for exploration and, and doing things we wouldn't normally do. Yeah, it's like I could probably, like, start taking Molly and just, like, living that lifestyle. But that's not start really tossing. my thing. It's hard to yeah. get these days. Yeah, like, instead of, like, doing a bunch of drugs and shit, I'm just going to wear a bandana. and You're just going to look like you do. Yeah, so that's it. That's I where I'm at. It. Doing that, there was, a, bringing... there was a time in my life I tried to pull off the visor, like the topless visor. I had okay. a, it was like a Fox or whatever, one of the BMX company visors. Yeah, yeah. I would try to spike my hair through the visor. Okay. You always look like a chode with a visor on. Yes, yeah. The, the visor thing was never my, I never bought one. I never did that. I know, I spiked my hair, don't get me wrong. I definitely had like the like, you Vaglory pop fucking punk. That's like, right. That's right. I still kind of do that. Um, but yeah, the, the visor thing was never my my style. So I feel like uh, that's more of a like a golf guy thing, and then also a 
Uh, I'm 22 years old and still think that 50 Cent's a great rapper. My ex-girlfriend got me this sick bling bling necklace, cost her 28 bucks, but it says gangster on it. That's that kind of how I've always... I wear it too long. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing, you know, my stepdad's oversized clothes. Like, that's just how I've always viewed bandanas. Uh, not bandanas, visors. It's never been a thing for me. It's a thing that I have always not really been on the same page as. I needed you back then, man. I needed hey. somebody in my ear being like, yo. Don't get me wrong. I've made plenty, plenty of mistakes in terms of fashion. Um, but that's just always been one that I've, I've always been on the other side of the fence. <laughs> that grass was never greener. No, no. Fair so, deal. But yeah, other than bandanas, just, uh, yeah, we, we, we kicked off boy band summer the other day. I'm pretty excited about that. Got a um, response to that so far. People yeah. Are- yeah. That's, that's a thing now. That's the thing that I'm going to just champion for the whole summer. Whole summer. Yeah, the entire summer. I got yelled at by a couple people. So I got yelled at. First of all, I got yelled at because I started off with bandana boys. I only did that because I ended up becoming, I'm a boy. Like I was born, uh, this this is how I am, you know? So I went with bandana boys thinking like, whatever. I don't know. This is kind of a joke. I didn't expect it to go on more than, I don't know, one Instagram video. And then I've kept it. But I took a little heat because it was boys and not bandana people, which is fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I I like switched it up a little bit. We went back to bandana buds, bandana buddies for a little while. I thought buds was cooler because it's a little short. That way everybody's involved. It's all good. Then I started thinking about Hot Girl Summer, which was last year. And like, I was like, what the heck, man? Like, I can't wear a bandana. I mean, I, I guess like, I'm not even trying to like tiptoe that type of conversation. I'm just saying like, I, it would have been funny to just have a video that said bandana boys without getting yelled at, but I, it didn't happen. So I was kind of bummed about that. Then I decided to go with boy band, it's boy band summer. Um, I haven't yet been yelled at by anybody about it being boy band summer. I don't, I think that's only because there's literally nothing else I can call it if I'm listening to strictly boy bands, yeah. but we'll see what happens. So that's the thing. Um, so yeah, I've just been a lot of really catchy, catchy pop songs playing in my car. Well, there is something we got to talk about. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can get behind calling boys to men, a boys band, a boy band. Like boys Why? to men is, I don't know. To me, they're not, they're not a boys band. They're like an R and B fucking powerhouse. Like boys to men is fantastic. I don't see them in that same category, but that was, that was the only, that was my only uh, critique I had. So like, I thought about that, but at the end of the day, they're fucking boy band. Like they were put together to be a boy band. That's just how, I don't know their, I don't know their entire story, but if you want to know a little secret, the clash were actually put together by a record label. So at the end of the day, the clash are a boy band. I guess if that's like if that's the way that we're gonna classify boy bands, then the Clash are the best one ever because they were put together by somebody else. They weren't. They didn't like organically become a band. They were put together. So in that same, for instance, the Spice Girls are technically a boy band. Well, so that's the thing. Is like, do I do does does boy band summer include like 
all of those like groups because that'd be sick and i could put like in vogue in there and tlc and spice girls and s club seven who have boys and girls like, i don't know I, I i guess like i guess it's like my thing so i can kind of like make up the rules as i go but is that how do i want to i i guess i like haven't really thought that much about this i just kind of like leaned into it and started to roll with it and now it's taking on a life of its own i think what i'll do so the playlist is coming out later today. Okay. So when this podcast drops, the playlist will drop later today for Boy Band Summer. I think I'm going to make the executive decision right now, and we're going to include Spice Girls and Envo. You do it. Because you know what? Those songs are fucking better than most Boy Band songs anyway. Yeah, and all those songs bump, and you were just, all I want to do is shake your rump. It's true. It's I might nice. put Mariah in there too. Like, I don't care. It's my, my summer. Dang. So, I love it. I absolutely adore how was it. Your, was your week full of anything besides bandanas and, and InSync? I, once again, spent the entire week behind this computer. Uh, I blinked and three days went by. We've been breaking it up with the walks. Um, yeah. Sarah took the little guy for a walk yesterday, our smaller dog, Rocket, which is, he was pumped about it. We had done a hike in the morning over at Douglas State Park. Douglas State Park is fantastic. I've never been out there. My God, is it gorgeous out there. Tons yeah. of trails, tons of open space. Like, we didn't really come anywhere close to anybody. It was awesome. Yeah, it's sick. I've only been out there once, and it was years ago, but it was, it's a really, really, really cool spot. Is, that, is there a water slide? There's a water slide there, right? I didn't see it. There's also a bunch of boardwalks going through wetlands I couldn't find. Like, yeah. There's a lot to explore. There's way more I got to unpack there. Um, but for a chunky man like me, um, there's a lot of nice flat walks where you don't want going up and down the hills and huffing and puffing. So that was Primo Vista. There you go. I uh, saw some wildlife, saw a big old chunky toad and a turtle sitting on a log, a bunch of yeah. birds. Like, it was awesome. Hell yeah. We saw a bunny yesterday. Like Hell yeah. Like, right in our yard. I mean, I've seen bunnies all the time. But, like, we saw a bunny yesterday. It, like, came out of the, the little spot. Like, there's, like, a hill that our neighbors yeah. have. So it came up, like, right up, almost, like, up to right where our little deck is we happen to be sitting out there so we got to watch that eat a bunch of dandelions it's cool dude i've been loving like i've been sitting on my deck and just watching birds just listening yeah it's awesome i i'm tired of internet content i'm tired of other people content i want nature content yeah i i kind of go back and forth i've been doing a lot of like stuff outside which like on the deck which is great um and we've been referring to our yard now as the pit like fairly in the pit from like parks and rec Okay. Um, because mostly it does go down. And like, I don't know. It's just a great it's a great name for, for the side yard that we don't really use. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh we're making plans to use the yard. I mean, obviously if we're hanging out with anybody this summer, we're gonna have to do it outside and just yeah. so we wanna have a cool spot at our control that we can just know is there and have some people over and see some people. Oh yeah. Um, but so when we got back from that walk, my wife is crazy and she was like, all right, I want to go take one of the dogs for a walk. So she took the little guy for a walk, took him up through last night. We're laying in bed and it's like one o'clock. I crawl into bed and I put him down because he usually stays here with me in the office, crawl in. And then he kind of comes up on my lap and I start scruffing around his neck. And all of a sudden I feel something and I go, no, so Sarah had gone up to use the bathroom, thankfully. So I turned on the light 
at 1.30 in the morning, we're pulling ticks off this dude. No. Ticks. Ticks. We're all over him. Only one had gotten in, and he's up to date on his stuff, so he's good. But we still had to, like, 1, 1.30 in the morning, I'm sitting here with tweezers. The tweezers are still right here. Pulling them off and lighting them with a lighter to make sure they... So if you're taking any walks, it's great to be outside, but please, please, please make sure you're checking yourself. Yeah, for sure. That's like my nightmare. We walked, uh, what did we walk? We walked like 11, I think it was 11.2 miles on Saturday. We walked from like our place all the way down to Grove Street and then all the way down Main Street and then all the way back up Elm Street and around and up Salisbury and back over here. I consider it good if we do four miles. Fuck 11 miles. Yeah, it was dope. We, we normally don't. No, so, like, our normal walks have been averaging, like, three to four miles. What's up, puppy? You heard me talking about him. <laughs> Imagine if Larry came back and, like, they got in, like, a fight through the computer. He would probably. So, we've been watching cat videos to, like, de-stress just on YouTube or, like, cat and dog videos. And every once in a while, one will trigger him where he'll, like, start freaking out on the television. Really? Yeah, he's dumb. He dumb. Awesome. What were you saying? So, don't normally go hundred miles. Right. Um. Yeah. So most of our walks have been like four miles, three or four miles. Um. And then like once a week, we usually get in like a big one. Um. So our big one was on Saturday. We did. We did that. It was like twenty five, a little over twenty five thousand steps, which is a lot. Damn, son. I want to break thirty thousand steps in one day. That's my goal for the next like a couple weeks. It's supposed to be really nice, like later this week. So I think I might try to like try to do that. But my feet kill at the end of it. <laughs> so the idea of doing like five thousand more steps compared to what we did on Saturday is like hmm, might be a lot. I got insoles for that specific reason. I got some Dr. Scholl's for my hiking shoes. Yeah. One of the best investments I've made. Okay. Yeah. Could not Good suggest any yeah, higher. So. I have this pair of like ASICs that I wear when I know we're only going for like a short walk. And then because they, they, I've worn them once for like a long walk and they, they absolutely killed my feet. It was not a comfortable situation. Um, and then I have these Nikes, which are way more comfortable and have like way more support on the bottom. Um, I wear those when I know we're going to walk a lot and they've, they've worked out like really, really well. So pretty excited about that. Oddly, I just remembered that I have a pair of shoes that I bought right before Corona hit because I just needed good shoes. I've been working in an office for a little bit, so I needed to be a little more presentable. Yeah. Sitting in my fucking closet. I have nowhere to wear, nowhere to wear them to. I haven't really oh. worn them out. Like, I don't normally feel this way about shoes, but I'm excited to wear these shoes somewhere. Yeah. I love shoes. <laughs> you? Um, right, I'm I grab these shoes. I'm curious what you think. I'm a big, I'm a big shoe fan. So... Yeah, I, hey, everybody who's still watching, um, welcome to the, oh, those are dope. Right? I felt like, I don't know, Bruno Mark, I've never heard of it, but they, we got it off of the internet. Dope. I want to wear them like, somewhere, I look, can't. Yeah, they look kind of like sneakers, like, but they're not. They're like the, yeah, they're like a sneaker boat shoe crossover. Yeah. Which is like probably something I would be into if I worked in an office. Be more my style. I've never been a big uh, like dress shoe guy. But now that I'm a bandana guy, anything's possible. I guess I could start rocking dress shoes like when I do eventually go places again. 
I feel like bandana guys go barefoot everywhere. They do. I, that's not really my thing. Like last year was my first summer, like really, like I leaned into sandals last year, which I've never done. I've always been a boat shoe guy or like a sneaker guy. Um, yeah, last year was my first year like into the sandals since I was like a little little tiny kid. So this is my first summer with a bandana. So yeah, so maybe like I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Locked later this bandana. year, I'll start rocking some 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 dress shoes if I go anywhere ever again. I don't know. Are you excited for the for the restrictions to get lifted? Do you plan on going to restaurants at all? No, me either. We're gonna continue doing what we're doing. I mean, truthfully, I just want to see friends. So like yeah. Yeah, even that, like, I don't think, I can't see, like, going to a party, but I think, like, having a group of, of 10 people over in the yard is something that I look forward to doing. So Having my parents come visit from Connecticut and being able yeah. to, like, stay at the house for a couple days, like, even if they're staying sequestered, like, I just don't want to, I'm not trying to risk anything, like, is it cool yeah, to yeah. hang out for a little bit? Yeah, no, I feel you. I, uh. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, you know, I don't really, as a person who loves to go places and loves to be around people, um, it's not safe at all. It's not even like a question of like how you feel. It's literally science. Right. Um, right. So um, I don't really see myself going to a restaurant and hanging out there for a very, very long time, probably like through the summer. I'll continue to get takeout all the time. I'm all about that. That's great. But I'm hoping they don't lift the – I'm hoping they let restaurants continue to, like, sell beer to go. Um, not, I've only bought beer from one place. I got it from Coney Island, like, a couple of weeks back when they first opened. I got two beers. But I think, like, watching how Armsby's done their, their business with, like, being able to offer beers that you literally can't get to go anywhere around here um, – has been really cool. And I, I would love for that to be able to happen at least through the summer. I think, I think that's the right move. So I'm really hoping Massachusetts doesn't drop the ball on that and kind of yeah. screw those guys over. Well said. I mean, but, you know how I feel about the recreational industry and how, although I did get a new perspective, I think Mark offered it to us on the episode where they were afraid of people coming across state borders, which that was a concern I hadn't really considered at that point. For but, sure. Yeah back shit like this i would like them to open up the, the recreational dispensaries again have they announced what when that's going to happen i so i missed the announcement today i know you keep referencing it i know it happened i just didn't hear what he had to say so, yeah it sounds like i don't know i don't think that i didn't see like an actual plan. post yeah what's up it's a four-phase plan but i don't think they posted any details no, no, there, there's a lot of details. I oh, saw them like just before we, we got on this call, Naomi was showing me. So the headline came out last night that they were going to open like places of worship, construction, and manufacturing can start this week. That was announced today. Um, and then they forget what the next phase is. I think the next phase includes basically places like Worcester Wares where you're allowed to do like on-site pickup and um on-site order fulfillment but you can't like open your store so that it like my life doesn't change at all for the next couple phases um i know barbers can reopen i think next week i think that was part of it but you know i don't know there's a bunch of people complaining earlier today still about restaurants and stuff and i was like guys like you do understand that if you open your business too early 
your employees then come off of unemployment. And then when your business isn't busy because anybody with a brain isn't going somewhere like that, you've now fucked every single person. But it, enjoy back. being open. That's really cool. So, yeah, I, I had that uh, Facebook status drafted earlier, but I decided to delete it because it's not working. I've been doing that too, where I want to post something really just being like, knock it the fuck off. But I'm like, God, you're, you're putting more, way more negativity out in the world than you're fixing anything. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I've had the same, same thing. So the other side of that argument that I keep hearing about the restaurants opening early is we all know like how a reputation can get tarnished by having something as, as major as like a health code violation and how you'll always remember about the places that have the health code violation. You will go down in fucking infamy as the restaurant that had the COVID outbreak if you decide to open up early and get a bunch of people sick. Yeah. Doesn't matter if a decade down the road, like that shit's still going to be on your reputation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Some crazy way. Yeah. No, it it makes sense. I don't, again, I don't own a business. I don't own, I don't work in a restaurant anymore. Like none of that has anything to do with me. I just, you know, using common sense. Uh, if you open your business early and nobody goes to it, you have now really made no sense at all. Right. Yeah. Enjoy being open. And I'm sorry to all your employees that you have pulled off of unemployment because you wanted to open to nothing. I hope they turned you down and continue to collect unemployment. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. So at the top, we told you that this week we don't have a guest. So this week we are talking about the two projects that Ricky and I are kind of spending some of our extra time on outside of seltzer time and our other various things that we're doing. We lost Bandana Boy. Bandana Boy. Back. Hey, I'm back. Sorry. Not here chill. <laughs> um, I didn't want to say anything just in case I wanted to cut all this. So uh, this week we wanted to talk a little bit more. I was hoping to get a little more information for you, our listeners from this guy, the one rocking the yellow bandana, about this fun little project he started a couple weeks back called Stub Stories. <clears throat> so from the top, what is Stub Stories? And could you give us kind of like a super brief, I know we talked about it on the show a couple weeks back, but kind of like how did we get here and what have you been doing? Yeah, so, um, okay, my favorite thing to do for the last 20 years basically uh, has been to go to concerts and, and shows and stuff like that. <clears throat> so I have a scrapbook that my mom bought me back in like 2001, 2001, 2002, um, to put all my ticket stubs in. Cause I would save them and I'd like put them in like a little cork board and stuff. After a while that was like wildly overfull. It was just kind of insane. So she bought me this and I was like, oh, sick. So I like, I put some stuff in there, but I didn't take it that seriously. Like I kind of just like put things in there and, and, and kind of forgot about it. But every day or every time I'd go to a show, I'd get home and I would just throw the stubs like in the book. I didn't like tape them in or anything. I just kind of put them in there um, up until Corona started. <laughs> and I, like everybody else, you know, A, wasn't sure how long I would be sitting around, but I also didn't know that I would be as busy as I actually have been. So, um, I, one day I was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? Like, I'm going to finish putting that book together. So I started to do that. And like, we had talked to Katie from Timberyard and she was saying how like she has her ticket stubs in a spot and like Marcus has his and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I have mine. So it kind of like re, re-energized my, my passion to like put that together. And I had all the time in the world. 
then I decided like I'm gonna put this out there for most of the shows that I've been to I can actually like pinpoint a certain story whether it was like about the show or about like dinner or driving to the show or, or you know there's something there's a story that goes along with every single ticket stub I have some way more than others um but I was like oh, it'd be kind of cool to like to do something with that even if it's just for myself so I started recording it on my phone which we're still doing um I don't know how to edit anything so it was kind of like a learning process to like figure out how to put three segments together um it'll get better for sure but I okay but um but yeah, so I just started to like, sorry, my foot was falling asleep. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so I started to do that. I did like five episodes, like right off the bat. The original plan was to do it every single day. That became a lot to handle. Um, it takes way longer to edit than I thought it would. It also, I still have work to do and I have other things going on in my life. So the idea of like just being on my phone and like recording an episode and editing it, recording an episode, and editing you're doing it. all the editing on your phone. I'm doing everything on my phone. I don't. Oh god, that would drive me crazy. Yeah, it's kind of. I need a new laptop for sure. Like I just have like a really old MacBook Air, so like it's not that fast. It's actually like very, very, very slow. So I just do everything off of my phone, um, which has been fun. It, it, it's it's fun. I'm a little more like yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm a little more comfortable that way too. Like I'm, I'm on my phone all my all the time. I'm not a big computer person, so I think the next step will probably be to get an iPad and do it on that. It'll be a lot, lot easier. But um, but yeah. So I've been doing that. Uh, it's been fun to kind of go back through. I the first I think six episodes are up right now. Five or six are up. I haven't except for the last two, which were like there were two Warped Tour episodes. I haven't gone back and looked at set lists from the shows that I went to. I just kind of did it all by memory, which was really fun. And it, and it was cool. Then we got to the Warped Tour one and I was like, all right, wait a minute. I've been to a million of these. There's a million bands every year. I want to make sure that I'm like thinking of the right time. Um, and I had a little more fun doing that. And it, it kind of gave me a better perspective of like how I want to do it going forward, especially now because like, it's kind of, it's not a thing thing, but it's like slowly becoming a thing. Uh, and I really miss music. So it's become like this little passion project for me to like, kind of like re-fall in love with, with, with bands and re-fall in love with music and re-fall in love with, with talking about it. Um, and then kind of see where it goes. I've had a bunch of people hit me up about stuff. Uh, the DCU Center picked it up, which was really, really cool. A decent amount of shows have taken place at the DC center that I've been to, uh, so. including like the next episode is that'll come out this week is about green. I think it's a green day episode, but it's about the first time I saw them. I have one page in this book that only has, it has three ticket stubs, but one of them is my brother's, but it's for two green day shows. That's it. One, it was the DC center. And then I saw them at Gillette stadium, but like those have, that's like a big one. Cause I have a lot that went along with the, especially the DC center show. Um, so yeah, so just, I made this Instagram as a way to like kind of hold this in case I did want to do anything with it in the future. I didn't post about it on my personal stuff or seltzer time for the first like couple weeks it was out. I didn't tag anybody that I knew or that I went to the shows with. I only tagged like 
the bands that I went there with and like the venues and the DC center picked it up. So shout out Veronica for that one. Yeah. Um, Veronica. Yeah. And then, so last week she started post, she posted about it. So I was like, all right, like, I guess this is like, it's out in the world. Like I should probably like lean into it. So had a little more fun this week trying to figure out like what that's going to look like and, and kind of how to do that, I guess. Okay. I never really like, I've never had to figure that out for something that wasn't seltzer time. That was my own thing. Um, but yeah, so I've been pretty excited. A couple like record labels started following my account and random people have commented on like the YouTube stuff. So it's, it's fun. It's fun watching it, like get out there and be like, Oh, there's like 30 something views on this thing, but we only have like 15 followers. Like who the fuck is watching this? Right. Who's seeing it? That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, So it's been fun. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. I feel like this is something that I would have like, I would, I would really enjoy watching this if it wasn't me. So like, doing it myself is kind of fun and i've gone back and like i actually don't even know if i've actually watched the full episode that i've done myself but it is kind of interesting thinking about like a random person finding this and being like oh like i love like plus 44 that was the first episode i did it was the first page of this book i'm not going in chronological order in terms of when the show has happened i'm going in order of the book so it's all over the place the music styles are all over the place. Like it's kind of, kind of wild, but my, my age from these shows is drastically different. So it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing to kind of go back and see like what my life was like then. In the episode you just put up the other day, you had gotten free tickets to, was it Taproot? It was somebody. No, it's Puddle 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 of Mud. That's who it was. Yeah. That was a fun story. Yeah. That, so that's another thing. I, some of the first couple episodes, the first two episodes are based on one show each because that page was based on one show each. The third episode is like a whole bunch of different things. Um, I originally thought about like scrapping that after it was out and going back and doing like one show and making that like a couple different episodes of sub stories so i had that conversation with my buddy kyle and kyle was like no no no! like it's already out there it's already on the world leave it because yeah. you're the, the point of this is to grow it right so it's kind of interesting watching like the first episode when i clearly had no clue what i was doing the editing is horrible the the way i set it up makes very little sense and like i'm only going to learn how to get better and how to structure the show better and then, you know, in a year or, or, you know, if I keep doing it that long in a year, I can go back and be like, Hey, I want to like revisit like episode one revisited and then do a proper breakdown. I can do some research into what the set list looks like and kind of jog my memory that way. Um, so I'm, I'm probably going to do that. I, I mean, I'm not going to do that now. It'll be those first five. Now I have an idea of how I want to structure things going forward. So. Yeah, man. And you can change again and that's the beauty of like this is a creative endeavor so it's going to continue to evolve and as you come up with new ways to display your craft and display your information i'm excited to see it yeah i'm I'm pretty pumped i mean i know like when we first talked about it you were like oh like if you ever want to have like a guest on to interview and when i first started this that was nowhere near an idea i've ever had i was like this is just me talking about shows i've been to but i do 
I, A, I've had people reach out, which makes me a little more comfortable with being like, okay, people do want to see that. Like, and then I started thinking about it. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Cause if I was at this show and you were at this show, we both, even though we're the same thing, we both had drastically different experiences. It'd be cool to get those shows from another person's point of view. And like, I posted this warp tour one the other day, I could easily have on like my buddy, Mike, who I went to the shows with, but I also know a couple people that were also there. And then, uh, do 617 which is like a marketing thing in boston they had commented on it saying and they tagged sylvia who like used to run mass concerts and they were like she was there she has like a really interesting tom brady story about that weekend and i was like oh that's kind of dope like i could reach out to her and be like hey like would you want to do like an interview about this and like talk about that show because you you know you were part of the team that promoted it you obviously had access that i didn't have um, or pretend to have when we snuck into catering, but like <laughs> you, and you obviously you have a Tom Brady story. Like that's kind of cool. So who knows like what what could happen with all this stuff? So it's kind of yeah. fun. It's cool to see it from different perspectives. Yeah, so I uh, I'm gonna be a little bit of a dick here and and say that in the last episode that I watched, you said that yeah. you've been to a million shows and you want to talk about it. Do you know how many shows you would have to go to a day to have gone to a million shows by this point? So my least favorite thing about doing this, and like you can ask Naomi, it takes me forever. This is my thing. I don't have to do this at all. It's not an important thing, but I, I didn't figure out an intro. Gotcha. Like there's no like consistent like, hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to like we have an intro for this for the podcast. I didn't do that for this because I really didn't expect it to be anything. I thought it was just gonna be this thing that I made that like my dad would. I could go over there and like, hey, check this out. Like I did this. Like, so I really didn't expect it to be anything. Um, and it's kind of like taking on a life of its own. But every time I record, I spend so long trying to get like an intro down where I'm like, what's up, you guys? My name's Ricky. And I'm trying to remember like more people who watch this don't know me. That's the point. Have an intro that like kind of explains what's going on, introduces me but like gets all that information out there. So that way I can just like get into the show. I have to, I have to figure out like a, a, a consistent intro. Um, and yes, I've never been to a million shows, but I've been no, to. No, no. <laughs> I did the math. Do you know how many shows you would have to have gone to? No. Okay. You know. had to have seen 144.1 shows per day in your 19 years. Cause you said you've been going to shows for 19 years. Yeah. 6,939 6, days. It is very likely, however, that you have been to a thousand shows. If you do the math out and you go to about a hundred, I'm sorry, no, it would have to be like roughly 50 a year, a little over 50 a year. At oh, that's easily, easily. So especially, so like, it's cool. It'll be cool too. Once, you know, when, when I get like a little further into the book, you start getting into like backstage passes and seeing bands and becoming friends with them and like traveling for shows that aren't just in Worcester or Boston. Like there's a lot of thing and like then, then festivals and like, you know what I mean? Like there's, it's inter It's exciting knowing, like I obviously did all this. So it's exciting knowing like what stories are going to be like really fucking cool and what stories like 
you know, aren't going to be anything really. They're, they're going to be, you know, some episodes are going to be five minutes. There's definitely going to be some episodes that are 20 minutes long. It, I don't think it'll go longer than that. Like, I don't want to be doing stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not a, it's not supposed to be like a long form thing. It's supposed to be just a quick little, you know, you can watch all these episodes in like an hour right now. If you want. actually, you can probably watch them on a half an hour if you really tried. Some of them are like five minutes, but, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's exciting knowing that like the access that I, I was able to get a little further into the book is so much different than it was for like my first show I ever went to where I was just like a fan and like shows I go to now where like um, for the most part like just another person there like I don't have a backstage pass I don't have a I'm not on the stage like I'm not getting beers with these guys like but there's definitely stories where that happened so it's kind of cool I'm, I'm excited to see what things look like in a month so I had a feeling that you had some pages coming up that you were really excited about so in that same thought though are there any pages that you know that are coming up that have stories that you don't really like you're not as thrilled about remembering like there's got to be with have gone to as many shows there's got to be some bad memories tied to some shows and will you be honest with those memories too so like yeah, 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 for sure. Just I, curious. I don't know how, like, just want to hear so, your thoughts. So, like, the whole point of this, so when I say there's stories, right, it's not, like, they're not necessarily all the best stories that I've ever, like, they're not, they're not even probably that interesting. A lot of them are going to be more along the lines of, like, if you know, you know, like, you're not going to know who the people I went to the show with are, you know? I think, like, <clears throat> the part that keeps me excited is talking about these things that have happened that I experienced this show this way with this person, because I ate at this restaurant and we did this and then we did that. And like, but I think the part that like, if you're a random person from, from Nebraska who, who loves newfound glory, you're going to love the show. Cause I've seen newfound glory a million times, but, but you're going to really like the fact that I can talk about seeing newfound glory from the self-titled record straight through now and like those set lists are going to change all the time and like like and same thing with like seeing a band like like a an artist like bruce springsteen like i've seen bruce five times five times but there's three that like really 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 stand out okay. the other two were fine and they're great and there's cool stories that go with those but they're not they're not going to be like a very like meaty a meaty story you know it'll be like oh like, that'll be mostly like setless focus whereas like the time i went with my dad which was the fourth time i saw him was the second best show i've ever seen in my entire life and that i mean the setless was perfect my dad was there it's my dad's first time seeing bruce springsteen and like like those those shows i'm really excited to talk about um sure. there's a newfound glory show which is my favorite show i've ever been to in my entire life it was probably like the 50th time I've seen that band they played in New Haven Connecticut which I had never been to until this night I thought New Haven Connecticut was Hartford so I was like that's ah, like 45 minutes away it's not and I drove down there by myself in a snowstorm and Caitlin was supposed to come with me but she thought it was canceled because of snow so she worked so where I literally went to New Haven what where did you see him in New Haven at Toads Bruce Springsteen no, no, no New Newfound Glory. Newfound Glory. 
Are you Sorry. kidding me? If I ever saw Bruce at Toads, I would have died. <laughs> I would have freaked if he ever played Toads. I mean, he might have in his early days, but <laughs> damn, bro. No, so, like, those That's stories right. I'm really excited to talk about. Um, a lot of the stories, oops, excuse me, a lot of the stories from, I just, like, spit on the table and said, excuse me, like, there's anybody here. Just Cameron didn't see anything. Yeah, spit anything I want. But <laughs> Sorry, I'm spitting all over the table. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a lot of those stories that are really cool because then, you know, my access was completely different. I was bringing drums to these massive bands and to these bands that I grew up loving and, and getting access to hang out with them and to meet them as people and to have dinner with them, to drink beers with them and, and, and see the show from the side of the stage. And like, you know, things change. And, but those, but, and those are really cool. But the coolest part of those stories to me is like bringing my brother or bringing my friend who loved this band that they've never seen. And not only do you get to see them, but like you get to be on stage or you get to like meet a member of the band. Like yeah, those I, types I, of things I'm like really excited to talk about. Cause that, like, that's what I took from that. Like, yeah, it's really fucking cool to hang out with your favorite band that you loved growing up, but it's even cooler when you've done that like six times. And then you get to bring this person who, who's never done anything like that. And then they get to do it. And they're like, wait, we get to do what? And you're like, yeah, we're like, we're going to go grab a beer. Or like, we're going to go take a shot with this, with the drummer or whatever. Like, so there's a lot of that stuff. A lot of cool, a lot of travel stories too. travel to a lot of shows. Sure. I guess I was asking more of like, is there a, is there a ticket in there where Ricky got dumped at a concert or something like that, that you're like, page 16 is going to be a fucking doozy. And I don't want to tell that story. So not that I can think of. I don't, I mean, like, there's definitely shows that I didn't like that I'm going to talk about and I'll explain why I didn't like them, but there's no, like, just curious. Yeah. There's really no, there's no, like, Oh, like this girl broke up with me at this show or like this horrible thing happened at this show. I mean, there's, I guess like the, I mean, there's a bad, so it's weird. There's a, there's a show I went to, I guess like the worst thing that ever happened. I'm just gonna throw it out there right now. What up? Let's do it. So the worst thing that ever happened at a show for me was my, so my grandma got really sick like 10 years ago. Um, she ended up having cancer. She's, she's fine now, but she wasn't for a minute. And the day she was going in, for surgery was in April, it was like April like 10th or something. So what had happened was I bought my brother tickets for his birthday to see Kenny Chesney at Mohegan Sun, but he'd always kick his tour off with two shows there. Cause it's like a small, it only holds 10,000 people. So we'd go every, for like, for like six straight years, we went to one or both of those first two shows. Um, so this one year I bought my brother tickets, just the two of us went down right oh no, no no what happened was i bought my so yeah i bought my brother a ticket for his birthday so him and i were going down by ourselves but the night before i bought my mom my mom loves kenny chesney so i bought my mom a ticket and her and i went down with my buddy brian and we actually had like amazing seats she like caught a shirt it was like a whole my mom was like so stoked it was it was awesome the next day uh, so it was a Friday night, I think. And then the next day was a Saturday. My grandma was scheduled to go in for surgery. And at first we were like, okay. And like, we didn't know that when we bought these tickets. We had no clue like right. what was going to happen. 
So we went into it thinking like, all right, like mom and I are going to go down this night. And the whole time my grandma's like, you guys don't like, you're not coming to the hospital with me. It's literally only going to be a couple hours. I'll be back home before you even leave. Like, don't worry about it. I'll call you guys. The whole thing. My aunt was going with her. It was like, everything was like totally locked in. So me and my mom and Brian go down for the show, have a great time. Show gets over. And my mom's like, Oh, I really want to go tomorrow with you and your brother, but it's sold out. So I'm like, well, let's just like see if they released any tickets. Usually they do that after they set the stage up, they throw like another 40 out there or whatever. So we go up to the box office, we ask them and they had, they did have a couple like single seats, like spread throughout the arena. And she was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't care if I can't sit with you guys. Like, it doesn't matter. We're there for the show. So me and my brother, which I bought these tickets in like December. We're in the other, like we're on the other side of the stadium or the arena. We're way in the back. Didn't matter. We were there. It's all good. My mom bought her ticket then after the first show, the night before the second show, and she literally was front row up against the stage. And I was like, how the hell did that happen? So my mom was like so pumped. She's never sat that close for an artist before. This is like one of her favorite, like top two or three artists ever. So she was super excited. It was going to be great. So the next day, my grandma goes in for surgery. Me, my brother, my mom, drive back down to Mohegan Sun, get dinner. My aunt's like texting us, keeping us updated. Turns out it wasn't as easy as it was supposed to be. So we're in the show. My mom's like way in the front. Joey and I are way in the back. And we can see my mom like, we're only like, like six songs into his set. And we see my mom walking like back. I'm like, where is she going? I thought maybe she's like going to the bathroom or something. And then all of a sudden she like comes down next to us and she's like waving us over. So we, we run out. We're like, what's up? And she's like, well, your, your aunt called. Your Nana's not doing too good. Like there was this, something happened. And I was like, okay. So she's like, we don't really know what's going on right now. She's going to keep me updated. I'm like, well, should we leave like right now? She's like, no, 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 no. We're going to wait. They're going to let us know. So I'm like, okay, like keep me posted, I guess. So my mom goes back to her seat, join us, sit down. Now I'm like, obviously very nervous. Like, this is very strange. This was supposed to be a super easy thing. Then we see my mom walking back toward us again. And I was like, yeah, we might as well just leave. Cause like, there's no way this is good. So we ended up leaving. Long story short, we didn't get to stay for the whole show. My grandma ended up being fine after a very long time, but it was a very scary moment. That's probably the only thing that I can think of in that's this period. That, like, I was even picturing too, man. So yeah, and that's just like a that's like a Spark Notes version of it. It was there was a lot, but but yeah, it was. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of. I think everything else is like a, a pretty positive experience outside of like some of the bands being not that good live. Before we wrap up this segment, I guess the last question I have is, do you know what the most expensive ticket is in that book? Yes. The, <laughs> the most expensive non-festival ticket in that book was the second time I, no, the two, three, third time I saw Bruce Springsteen, paid $169 for one seat. That was the most expensive one that I can think, I think, I'm pretty sure that's the most expensive ticket that I have ever paid for. For a single artist. I think so. I I might be wrong. That's more than I've spent for a single artist. 
I'm pretty sure that's the most expensive single ticket I've paid for a concert. I've paid more for something else, but oh, for like a playoff ticket. Um, I paid right around the same for a playoff ticket, but oh, I paid a little bit more for like a musical thing. Oh, oh, Broadway! Fuck yeah! Yeah. Oh, you're gonna pay that for Broadway. I'm trying to think of what our Taylor Swift tickets cost. I can't remember off the top of my head. If anything cost more than that one Bruce show, it was definitely that Taylor Swift show. But I really can't remember. I, I mean, most of the time my shows, like a big show will average like a hundred bucks, which isn't like the end of the world. It's fine. Like I kind of go into everything thinking like, well, hundreds the max I'll pay. Um, I've paid more. But I think that the, that Springsteen ticket is definitely the most expensive single ticket I've ever bought. I think. I just, I honestly can't remember what the Taylor Swift tickets cost. That would be, if anything cost more than that, it was definitely that show. But I really don't remember what they cost. I feel like the Broadway comparison is, is, is pretty spot on. Because a show needs to be at the stadium level and needs to have like insane production value on the stage show side for me to yeah. even consider spending that type of money well those like, are it's also like that's the resale you know what i mean like it wasn't a oh, you're not t- getting a face value you're getting it no scale. yeah i mean there's obviously tickets that are face value way more expensive than that um the bruce ones we got like Secondhand. kind of last minute um and we're we're definitely a resale sure. which was fine it was it's bruce like what are you gonna do but my point was, I guess, $20 is, like, a lot for me for a ticket for, like, the bands that I want to see, though. Like, really? $20 is, like, I'm investing some money in this concert. Yeah, I I don't know. I've, like, I think I'm also lucky where I've spent a lot of, I've gone to a lot of shows for free. Yeah. <laughs> so, sure. like, invest in, like, I, it's also, it's my favorite thing to do. Like, that's sure. my passion. I really like going to shows by myself. So, a lot of times it was, like, just me throwing in a hundred bucks towards something that like not many other people would want to go to with me or like would want to spend that amount of money for. Um, or also like if it was something like that, I really, 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 really wanted to go to. And if it was like a hundred bucks, like I would also sometimes like just cough up and get the other person in just because like I really wanted to go. Sure. But yeah, it's, I, I've gone to enough for free that I don't mind spend like spending a little bit more. And also like, it's my favorite thing. So to me, I go into everything thinking like, all right, it's at least a hundred bucks, which is not, it's a lot of people are like, you're fucking insane for willing to that's throw that. That's cool. That it's your passion. My buddy Rockwell's like that too, where you can go to a show by himself. I don't, I don't love the idea. I've done it once or twice, but I, they're more uh, community community based events to me, where you're like you bring a crew. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it also it worked out. So like the first show I went to by myself, I it was not a work thing. It was that newfound glory show, um, and that was like a different different scenario. As I so I like fell in love with going to shows by myself at that for sure, um, which is a lot of reason why that's my favorite show ever. But then also like going. So, like, when I eventually started working at SJC, I would have to go to shows for work, which was the best job ever. And, like, it's hard getting somebody to come with you on a Tuesday night to Boston, especially when a lot of that involves, like, hurry up and wait. 
Like you got to get there early and then you got to like say hi and then you just sit around or like traveling for, for shows, like bringing drums places. It is kind of the worst in a way, unless you're passionate about it because you, you have to get there at like 10 in the morning for load in. You just bring these drums, but those drums have to come home with you at midnight. So you're spending 12 to 14 hours, like in close to one spot so if you're not cool with like hanging out a lot, being bored or like going to restaurants and having to eat like three meals at a restaurant, it, it can be a lot. So I kind of had to get used to doing it myself. And I, I loved it. I loved every single second of going to show, excuse me, to shows by myself. This is why I don't do seltzer when we record. <laughs> I'm sitting here sipping on this one. Um, we've been going for almost an hour we've gone 50 minutes right now of recording holy shit yeah so uh feel like switching it up yeah let's do it all right so um welcome to the second half of our, of our episode um <laughs> all right so as some of you guys know travis was a part of a group it's a group effort right yeah absolutely yeah. A group effort cool um part of a group effort to release the worcester quarantine which is cool um I really like, I like the idea of, to me, like when I think about a, like a, a magazine or like a zine, I think of like an old school thing. So I like the fact that like you guys released this during a very new school issue. Um, but yeah, so we wanted to like shine some light on that. I wanted to ask Travis some questions about it. Here we go. <laughs> cool. So um i guess we'll start with who where did the original idea for for quarantine come from yeah absolutely so my good friend jess Curtin uh, and i were teaching a class over at art reach that we were calling the worcester youth press program together with a woman named claudia snell and then darcy schwartz over at art reach they had started the program which was educating a group of young students on the power of um writing their voice, getting their voice heard, and actually creating and manufacturing their own magazines. Or a zine, which is just a smaller version of a magazine, typically ran off of a copy machine. Um, they had done the program for one session, and I got brought in kind of here and there as like a visiting artist type deal and helping the kids do a little bit of their layouts and getting them across the finish line with my background being in graphic design. And then between the first and second program, there was just a little bit of shakeup in terms of people coming in, people going out. So there was a position and an opportunity for me to get more involved with Jess. So Jess and I kind of retooled the program slightly and kind of started, to, I didn't kind of, started developing it for these seven students. Um, all young women for some reason. It's not a bad thing, it's just we had, we happened to attract a strictly female audience, which huh. was super interesting because I was, I was never a young woman. So it's been cool to see what their interests lie and like the things that kind of, they're all very fascinating human beings. They all have these wonderful brains that are highly creative. But what happened was coronavirus hit and we had to switch up our tactics. We were gonna have them all create one zine each based on their own topics. But it became very challenging to keep them focused during these Zoom sessions. And then even more challenging to figure out how to teach them and kind of work them through page layout in production by not being able to actually hand them something. <laughs> so 
So at that same time, Jess, her day job, she works in the education sector and she has a student that she's working with that got an assignment to, from his teacher to start journaling his experiences because nowadays or pretty much forever, we, when you're writing a paper in school, you need firsthand experiences, you need firsthand references and you can't really find a lot of that through the internet. There are gonna be students at some point in the future that are gonna to have to write about what life was like during these times. So essentially what this teacher has recognized is he's kind of giving his own students of the future a leg up and a, a reference or some research material to kind of pull from. So That's really cool. She, yeah, isn't it? She loved that idea so much that she hit it with me and she's like, what if we made a zine about this and we were gonna call it like the COVID-19 zine or like, whatever, and then quarantine just like hit. I'm like, that's what it is. Yeah. So it started with our seven students. And in this first issue that we put out, um, you can go to facebook.com slash Worcester Quarantine, Q-U-A-R-A-N-Z-I-N-E. Um, you can read it for free online through issue. And then this week, uh, probably as of tomorrow or the next day, we're gonna start offering these for sale, these printed versions for sale for five bucks. And for five dollars, you you get a copy of the zine for keep forever. Some weird comics drawn by kids and mixed in with you know actual stuff drawn by guys that do poster art for bands. That's so sick. Yeah, shout out Adam Cutler. Um, so it's a super unique and eclectic experience, and you're gonna help like us continue the program and continue to teach these kids about the power of their voice and the power of getting their opinions shared. Um, and then we're still featuring more and more independent creators and local creators. Um, in this issue, we have like Studio DeBella's in here. Um, Wash, he's a street artist around this area. Um, I should know all this stuff off the top of my head. My buddy Thomas, who did my tattoo, he drew us an awesome little drawing. And we're gonna keep growing. And we have like Victor Infante confirmed for issue number two. He's the guy from the Telegram and Gazette. We have uh, shit, a couple other people confirmed. But we're gonna keep oh. going with it and see what happens. We have 600 reads off the first issue. That's awesome. In just like a week's time, maybe a little longer. Yeah, that's great. You just took my next, my second question was which artists were involved? <laughs> All right, I know I'm kind of rolling through everything. <laughs> no, you're good. Grim, he's a local artist, local street artist, he was involved. We really want it to be broad facing. Like we now, once we started putting this out to artists and like creators and writers, like there's a lot of people that wanna have, wanna share their experiences and they all have different ways they create. They have some are writing poetry, some are creating these kind of a little more tactile or illustrative pieces. I think that's what makes this book so powerful is that it really is broad facing and like we're trying to find a little more ethnicity, a little more like diversity. That's a better way. Yeah. To say we need to add a lot more diversity to this thing because the more diversity, the more experiences, the more understanding anybody can get about what happened. For sure. That's right. So <clears throat> if an artist wanted to get involved, how would you go about doing that? Yeah, we are open for submissions. We absolutely are taking submissions. Hit up the Facebook, facebook.com slash Worcester Quarantine. Send us a DM or find myself or Jess through our personal social, and we can kind of push you in the right direction. Um, 
we the only major requirements were five and a half by eight and a half for page size we produce it in black and white traditional to the old school zine kind of like that old punk style zine um, yeah. but we are trying to maintain an all-ages audience so okay. we understand this show especially understands that sometimes you just need to curse to, to properly express yourself but it just does not become appropriate for all audiences and cool. being that this has some students involved like there's a uh, young as nine, I think, in this issue. We want to have some younger creators. Um, we want to be, we want them to be able to consume it and enjoy it without yeah. censorship. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so you you mentioned that you'll be able to purchase it this week. Come up. I believe so. We we just cool. put our we're basically putting our ducks in a row and doing it, trying to figure out how to do it right. Yeah. So I know, like right now. Uh, there's really nowhere to go and buy stuff unless you buy it online. But do you guys have an idea for like, will you be able to go to a that's entertainment or, or a Bedlam book or, or somewhere like that and buy this in person when you can do that safely? We would love to like, that's absolutely what we'd like. We want to partner with Etsy. We want to partner with Bedlam. Um, but we really want to take it a step further. Like we want to give a couple of copies to every library here in the city. And like, can you guys preserve these? Can you guys put these in some type of, whatever record and have them yeah. available for anybody to come look at. We want to give some to the Worcester historical museum so that they can put it on file and kind of keep a, so like we want these to be out there and to be approachable. If somebody wants yeah. to purchase their own, that's awesome. Help support it. We'll get you your own copy. But like it's more to be read and less to be owned in my eyes. Yeah, no, for sure. That's awesome. That's dope. Um, and then, so I know you mentioned like, uh, doing it in like the black and white kind of like an old like punk zine what are some of your favorite zines Ooh, god damn that's a hard-ass question i haven't read like i haven't really kept up with zines in a minute i mean you can okay so i guess like that question you could i mean i guess like so what basically what i wrote down was like what was your inspiration but then like going off of what you said about an old punk zine in terms of like like magazines you read not even just zines but like a, 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 like a traditional magazine growing up what were some of the ones you read to kind of like lead you to this spot i mean so like you can kind of go through um oh man these are great questions ricky i just don't know <laughs> who knew i had it in me who knew yeah <laughs> i would never say that um like like some of the old riot girl zines i would get my hands on um some of like I don't really remember some of those old I would just get like my fingers on these random things and I didn't fully understand what I was looking at um I didn't read them to the full extent I would just look at them for pictures and like the artwork yeah and I started kind of like moving over to like more traditional style magazines I read a lot of alternative press for a few years I read yep. a bunch of over so that's more like your traditional style media magazine um, and then through that side, like through that time, I learned a lot about like the punk scene and a lot of those old school punk posters where it was a lot of cut and paste. I look like a poser right now because I can't sit here and list off like some of these good ones that I used to read. But like I read a lot of art mags now. I read a lot of like, like high production magazines. And I feel like a lot of that is lacking is some of that old school, just cut and paste and a little more gritty, a little more. Yeah. Uh, from the streets no I think it's cool I think so I was reading it I have a buddy who works in marketing for like a massive 
massive company. And he posted a thing the other day that was like, you know, in February or whatever, it was like millennials value experience over things. And then now it's like, well, now that we've hit Corona, it's like millennials now value things over experiences because you can't really go enjoy an experience anymore. In terms of the zine, I think, so like when I think about that on like a a local level, right? I think about in terms of retail, like nobody goes to a mall, but everybody goes to Crompton because that entire building is an experience, you know, like you go in, it's, everything's old and like, and cool. And like, there's a plant store and a bookstore and they both have their own feel and smell and and you, you obviously take different things from there and you've got birch tree, which has, you know, it's, that's where you eat and you, you meet and everything happens there. And then downstairs you've got like Crompton collective. And when I think about a zine, it's kind of like that, like, like, especially like what you guys are doing where you're bringing, you know, a little bit of everything to the table, putting it all together in one spot, kind of like Crompton did. And then you're curating an experience that way. Would you, Do you guys have like, is there like a dream like layout? Like, do you want to have a, like a comic section and like a music section and like a, you know what I mean? Like a, like a, like a food section. Is there, is there an end goal like that? Or do you want to keep it kind of like this, like mishmash of, of content coming at you in one spot? So Jess and I haven't really like talked about where we see this thing going in terms of the quarantine. Um, I, I, I don't want to keep making it because to keep making it means we keep living in quarantine. Like I want to be able to stop making it. I want us to all be able to go back to a, what we knew as normal life. Yes. Um, Our loose plan is to continue to release it while there is nothing else going on. Um, we also want to open it up to some school age kids because a lot of those kids are lacking when the student, when the teachers made the transition from the in-school to digital learning, like they were forced to do it fast. And now there's an unbalanced nature to the students that are excelling and the students that require a lot more time. These students are still getting a lot of attention and these students that are excelling are lacking things to do and they're getting these busy work and they're not feeling challenged. So something like this can, work as like a a component or kind of an add-on to somebody's curriculum to kind of give them one more challenge or one more thing to do. Um, I would love for this thing to double in size potentially. Like we're at 32 pages right now, potentially upwards of 60 pages, I think would be insane. Um, Get really hard to produce. I couldn't do it on my printer right here, but uh, that would be neat. I don't think we have any like I don't ever see it getting like a little more reserved so that there's like the poetry section, the media section, the music yeah, section. Yeah, yeah. But who knows, man? Like, but also it's so not a traditional magazine. It's, it's kind of like it rails against everything that is a traditional magazine in the sense that, yeah, nobody's getting paid. And, <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. That's the other thing. Like, if we end up doing, some crazy reason we make some money off of this, that money's going to get donated. Like that money's going to go either right back to this educational program. It's going to go to the students. Like it's going to get used. It's not going to go to somebody's pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
point of this fucking thing? The point of this thing is yeah. to share the experience and continue our amazing community. So like, how do we continue doing that? How do we keep taking this good, fill <clears throat> it back in and potentially help it build something? Can you see this? Question. Can you see you guys dropping this off at, you know, at like a, a new tradition or a place like that, like on the table, kind of like Worcester Magazine, but like the next generation of Worcester Magazine in a way? So again, it, to, to do that, you need the advertisers. You need the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the money to produce. I'd love to give this thing away. Um, that's why we can do it digitally, give it away for free because it doesn't really cost us anything other than time. Yeah. Um, to give away a printed version would require some funding and require some, I don't know if I'll ever do that. I might give like a shop copy to new yeah. tradition, like have a couple copies for people to read in shop. And if they walk, they walk when they walk. But the idea of, of giving away, it creates a lot of waste. Like that's the thing that always bothered me about the Worcester mags was just seeing that stack yeah, on the rack that nobody knew was there. And like the one person that requested it there grabbed their copy and there's like 10 weeks of issues sitting there that are going right to a bin. Yeah. <laughs> and that bums me out. So I don't want to get into that type of a, uh, I don't know. It's an interesting question. I'd love for people to want it that badly and yeah. see it. But again, we're not really news. We're more of experience. Yeah, but I think that... So, okay, I guess I can only speak on this as like a personal from a personal point of view. But like, I never read Worcester Magazine. I don't care about what's in there. And also by the time it comes out, what's in there, outside of like the interviews that, that are obviously like exclusive interviews, but like the news aspect of it, like you're getting all that on Twitter or Facebook or mass live dropped it four days before your issue came out like i just feel like the the traditional printed news aspect is dead but the idea of reading especially something that 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 kind of holds stuff like you were saying from like a nine-year-old all the way up to 40 or whatever like holding holding something and going through that is more intriguing to me because it is an experience and like you don't really know like what's going to be on the next page i think like i think that's a cool that's a really cool thing like i don't know it kind of it's almost like a digital or like a like a traditional tiktok like i don't know if you follow tiktok like when you flip up like you don't really you don't know who's coming because you don't it's you know i mean it's like the algorithm is not based on who you're following and this zine kind of reminds me of that where it's like, yeah, like I'm looking at this, this cartoon from whatever. And then when I turn the page, here's a drawing from a nine-year-old or here's a poem from a 32-year-old that's going through whatever. Like, I don't know. There's just, it kind of, it's almost like a new adventure every time you turn the page. Yeah. I love spastic. I mean, that's why I cover this thing behind me with stickers and it looks madness. Like I love the idea of just random. I don't know where my laptop is, but that's also covered in stickers. Yeah, dude. I love that feeling because that's how I get inspired. I get inspired by randomness. I get inspired by the variety of life. So to capture that or to kind of capture our community in a magazine is really the goal. I'm glad yeah. to hear that it's resonating. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, issue two will come out probably beginning of June. So we're going to be finalizing the layout for that in the next couple of days. And then see where it goes. Probably roll cool. through the summer. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, given what we heard today and what I know of what's coming. Yeah. Keep it open. I'd Sounds love good. 
it would be cool to give to have this be a thing that would also help push business to businesses like help yeah, yeah. to businesses and like do a release like a comic release or like a music release where you have to go to the store to pick it up or you have to go like pre-order it from them to pick it up there's just a little bit of a complication in terms of creating groups but yeah that would be cool if we use this to kind of fuel some more good like that yeah that'd be dope sweet um stokes and pokes let's do it yeah take it away solon Schools closed, Tom Hanks, trouble in the big banks, no vaccine, quarantine, no more toilet paper scene, travel ban, Weinstein, panic, COVID-19, NBA gone away, what else do I have to say? It's time for Stokes and Pokes now, it's time to do Stokes and Pokes. Something like that. It could work, work around, whatever's going to work, we'll see. Thank you, buddy. Uh, that song is never going to get old, but <laughs> I don't know why I love Billy Joel like that. Best. It's the absolute best. Um, so I am poking. We're going to keep this kind of short because we're running long. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you got to this point, I'm going to poke. If anybody's tried using Instacart, holy shit, is that a fiasco at times. Um, I love the idea of shopping. Like Sarah and I were stoned sitting on the couch doing our grocery shopping. And that was incredible. Like, oh, yeah, we need four bags of goldfish. This absolutely is what we need. Uh, <laughs> and that was, it was chill. It was the day that the person went shopping and I'm watching this person do like the live substitutions. If you've never done it, if an item is unavailable, they'll say, if this is not unavailable, um, can I substitute this? The first couple times it was within like the realm of understanding. It tended to be a little more expensive. We went for store brand. They offered us the name brand. If the store brand really wasn't there, that's fine. I could fucking yeah. But then like these very weird suggestions started coming in. Like the first one was uh, enchilada sauce. They ran out of enchilada sauce. So she gave us pasta sauce. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Get the enchilada sauce from the different person. It's not Italian, it's Mexican. It's a whole different, it's a whole different yeah. Um I don't wanna sit here whining because I, I didn't have to go to the store and I paid somebody to do my grocery shopping. But holy shit, it just, it's, it's so badly wrong. Like, all right, my favorite was we asked for craisins. Instead of craisins, we got sliced frozen strawberries because they're the same thing. They're not even close. They're the same thing, Ricky. Uh, asked for whole bean coffee, we got K-cups. Same thing. What? I don't even have a K-cup brewer. So we will not be using Instacart again. Uh, no, that's miserable. I'll just go to the fucking store and wait for a couple hours. That's fine. I had yeah. to try it. I had to know, but yeah. it's not for me. Um, what I am stoked on is that I got my new t-shirt today. I dropped hey. off with Jess and her husband, John, and I were kind of screwing around, making some new designs for hardcore hockey fans. Uh, it's an account he runs at hardcore hockey fans where we're going to be putting up some t-shirts. Um, we like, like he loves violent gentlemen and he loves that they have the partnership with the NHL, but they're missing like some smaller time hockey. And I think there's also him and I talked about how there's like a lot of overlap between hardcore fans and hockey fans. So yeah, like yeah. Making some general, maybe they don't like necessarily call it any team. They're just hockey inspired hardcore shirts would be fun. 
Yeah. So we released the first one, which was the Black Flag for goalie pads. This is like your traditional hardcore, kind of just like the back rocker shirt. Yep. Ugly goals count. Dope. We got some more shit coming. But yeah, if people want to buy this, they are available for purchase. Hardcore hockey fans on Instagram. Sweet. I dig it. That's what I got. Cool. Um, I don't have a poke, but I'm going to go with two Stokes. They're quick. Yeah. Um, they're so like. Soak it away. Yeah, I had to. Okay. So my first one is Bagel Time. Shout out Bagel Time for being the greatest. Um, I, I, I've always liked Bagel Time. I have a whole new appreciation for them. They very much so get this time. Um, it's easy to order through them. They're the nicest people. I have no idea who I'm talking This same girl came to the door the last couple times I've done it. She's who I order with. Through, I order right through Instagram DM, which is amazing. Um, I don't know who she is. She has a mask on, obviously, but she's very, 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 very awesome. She writes seltzer time on my bag, which is dope. Uh, and my food's been freaking incredible. So shout out bagel time. You guys are killing it right now. Everybody I've talked to who has ordered from them has said the exact same thing. It's a very, it's a great experience. There's no confusion at all. That's so, Yeah. And I know that they've been doing a lot of like huge orders and donating bagels and, and sending lunch to hospitals and stuff. Like they're just, they're, they're absolutely killing it. I can't say enough, enough nice things about them. Um, and I will for sure be ordering another sandwich later this week, if not tomorrow. So. I, see, I saw that come through on the Seltzer Time uh, insta- uh, the messages, and I'm like, yeah. oh, son of a bitch, that sounds so good. Dude, it's just like egg and cheese. Yeah, it was awesome. And I got no egg, and they, uh, so she's like, do you want like double bacon, double cheese? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. It was <laughs> perfect. Like, it was awesome. I almost never get eggs on my breakfast sandwiches unless I make it at home. Um, I don't know why. It's just a thing. I got egg the last time, and it was good. It's fine. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that. But, yeah, the double bacon, the double cheese on an everything bagel, it, it, was, it was a beautiful, beautiful sandwich. So, shout out bagel time. Um, and then also she, like, followed up the last couple times, like, later in the day, too. She's like, hey, how was your sandwich? And I was like, oh, it was amazing. Like, thank you so much. Like, you know, it was just, like, it's a cool, it's like a little thing, but, like, it obviously like stuck in my mind and I think about ordering meal time all the time now. So that's customer service. hundred percent. Yeah, no, they, they absolutely kill it. So shut up bagel time. Um, my other stoke is maker to Maine. I went there, um, on Friday and I got, I, I kind of gone through their online ordering thing just to see like, you know, what Lynn had in store. I wasn't sure if they were running like, the full capacity store if they were breaking it down to just a couple things are available looks like she's running everything i know you can go in there now i went in there okay. um you gotta wear a mask and all that but uh yeah i ended up getting the like one of the best pulled porks i've ever had in my entire life you buy it i forget what farm it comes from i have a picture i can post it later but you it's like already like like packaged or whatever you just bring it home and like like throw it in a pan warm it up or whatever it was absolutely incredible so i did that um i got some ice cream which is freaking great the maple valley farms i think is the ice cream they use so good and what else did i get from them got some dough oh, i got that at crust oh, oh oh i got radishes too i haven't actually showing off your haul and i was envious of that I, 
yes, I went to <laughs> and bought a bunch of stuff. And then I went, you know, like two blocks down and went to Maker to Maine and got stuff there. But then the next day, we were for like a huge walk and we were walking back past North uh, Maker to Maine. So we went in and I got, they have these little like ice cream sandwiches. It's like two cookies with ice cream in the middle, that same farm, Maple Valley Farm. I think, I'm pretty sure it's Maple Valley Farm. But they cho- it's chocolate dipped. So like the whole thing is encased in like milk chocolate. It was unbelievably good. Like I can't, it was, so, I want one right now. It's so bad. So I got that and I got this really cool, uh, kind of like a seltzer, but it was like sap water or something. It was water or tree water. Yeah, it was called tree water, but it was cucumber. And they use the, the water from when they tap trees to get maple syrup. So it has like a little bit of sweetness to it. It was unbelievable. Like I want, I want to get a whole case of it. It was incredible. So shout out them. They make it very order or very easy to order. Very easy to pay in store. It's clean. They're the best. Her food's incredible. So around here, you're supporting good people. Yeah, that's the move. So I'm doubling up on the Stokes. I love They're it. Both edible places because I love to eat. Bandana <laughs> boy's super positive. That's it. That's how it needs to be. Well, I am positive that I need to go use the bathroom and wrap this thing up. Dude, Sam, I was going to say, like, I have to pee so bad. <laughs> I drank, like, an entire glass of iced tea and almost this entire seltzer, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I had a coffee, too, earlier. I just have empties sitting next to yeah. me. I'm like, oh, my God. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you very much for supporting us as much as you guys have. Uh, seltzertime.com is the website if you want to find us. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dog. If you want to find me on the internet, I'm at Hunchback Travis. If you want to find me, I am at DickChuck77, Seltzer Town Official, now Sub Stories. (laughs) I'm all over the internet. Every Instagram account you can think of, I have one. So, Yeah, love it. Do it. I'll see you around the internet, my dude. Hey, you as well. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Check out the stuff we talked about. Sorry for partying. Do it.